This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. Today is July 9th, 2019. The day was July 9th, 1918. At 7.20 in the morning, two trains from the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis Railway crashed into each other. The head-on collision killed 101 people and injured 171 people, though some of those injured may have died later. Since the train cars were segregated and the front cars were the ones for Black people, most of the people killed in this wreck were Black. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, train-related deaths and injuries were not uncommon. The railroad industry was host to a lot of hazardous conditions. It was dangerous to couple and decouple train cars. Trains derailed and crashed, and bridges collapsed. Accidents and the treatment of victims was such an issue in the industry that railroads had their own medical organizations. Though railroad companies largely opposed increased safety regulations, by the late 19th century, the government did institute acts that made working and riding on a train safer, like requiring powered brakes. These changes led to less passenger and employee injuries and deaths, but they did not completely rid the industry of accidents. On July 9, 1918, the number one express train on the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis Railway left Memphis around midnight, set to arrive in Nashville around 7.10 a.m. The number four usually left Nashville at 7 in the morning. Typically, the trains would pass each other in an area between Nashville and shops where there were double tracks. Most of the cars were wooden on the number one, and all of the cars were wooden on the number four. The Jim Crow cars were at the front of each train. If anything changed in the train schedules, then the number four would wait on the double tracks until the number one train passed, since it had priority as an inbound train to Nashville. And on this day, both trains were delayed. The number four waited on the double tracks for the number one to pass. Another train did pass around 7.15 a.m., but it was a switch engine, not the number one. The conductor assumed it was the number one and proceeded to continue onto the single track before the number one had arrived. The operator at shops and the dispatcher soon realized the train began moving before it was supposed to, and the crew at shops set off the emergency whistle. But the number four just accelerated. By the time the crews on each train saw one another near a stretch of track called Dutchman's Curve, it was too late. They collided going about 50 miles, or 80 kilometers, per hour. The engineers and stokers in the locomotives were immediately killed in the impact. The front cars on both trains were crushed, and the scene was horrifying. Nurses and doctors came to the wreck to help, and the Red Cross's Nashville chapter also showed up. The injured were taken to City Hospital and Vanderbilt Hospital, and the wreck was cleared from the railroad tracks so that trains could continue operating. After the wreck, the Interstate Commerce Commission, or ICC, conducted a simple investigation into the causes of the accident. In August, it released a seven-page report, made up mostly of pictures. 
It found that the number four train was on the track at Dutchman's Curve, when it should have been waiting at shops for the number one train to pass. The crews on both trains were experienced, so that probably was not the reason for the crash. And the crew on the number four train had been working for less than an hour at the time of the crash, so it is not likely that the crew was fatigued due to long hours on the train. Though it was not clear why the number four train kept going, some people guessed that the engineer missed a signal at shops or thought the switch train was the number one. The ICC did make some recommendations for improvements in operation. It suggested that trains should have to confirm with the dispatcher whether the train with precedence had arrived and proceed only if they got the go-ahead, or that they should proceed only if they were given the official order. The ICC also suggested implementing a block signal system where signals tell an engineer whether a block is clear and making the train cars steel instead of wooden. Though the wreck was devastating, it did not get a ton of attention in the press. In the years after the Great Train Wreck of 1918, automatic block signaling and train control systems became mandatory safety measures. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, you can listen to an episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called Great Train Wreck of 1918. The link is in the description. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.